MC Lobshire, the host of the Cash Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cash flow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cash flow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at the six commercial real estate calculations that every investor needs to know. I'm joined in today's episode by Doug Marshall. Doug is a veteran real estate professional of nearly 40 years, more than 30 of which are related to financing apartments and other commercial real estate. For the past decade, he has also invested in several rental properties. He is the author of the new release, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing, How to Successfully Build Wealth and Grow Passive Income from Your Rental Properties. This book is written for the real estate investor who is either new to investing or has been at it a, a while, but realizes he or she needs help learning the time-proven principles of real estate investing. Over the years, Doug has learned these principles, sometimes by observing his clients in action and sometimes through the good old school of hard knocks while investing on his own. Now he's learned them the hard way, but his readers don't have to. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form to see if you're a good fit for our group. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Doug, welcome back to the show. MC, I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to speak once again to your audience. Yeah, had a great time with you on our previous show and uh, excited to connect again, my friend. Uh, for the listeners that's not familiar with you and what you do, could you please share a little bit about yourself uh, and your background and your journey? Absolutely. So I've been involved. I've been a commercial real estate professional for uh, about 35 years. Um, I started off with a developer and then uh, he um wanted me to manage uh, apartments that were being built in Atlanta and Nashville. So I got about three years of experience managing uh, properties, uh, which I found to be the longest three years of my life. Uh, you have to have a certain personality bent for uh, property management. I don't think I had it. But I, um, since 1987, I've been on the financing side of commercial real estate, principally apartments, but I do, uh, I, I finance all, all types of investor owned properties. And my 
entrepreneurial journey began when I started my own uh, commercial real estate brokerage firm um, in uh, 2003. Uh, simply put, what I do is I help real estate investors get the best possible financing for their rental properties so they can realize a better return on their investments. And since 2007, I've, uh, in, I've been a commercial real estate investor. So I've been investing in real estate uh, since, uh, for the last 11 years. So that's kind of a, a quick and dirty uh, explanation of who I am in, in my real estate journey. And in your book, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing, you refer to it as an art and not just an, a science. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that, Doug? Absolutely. You know, from my years of commercial real estate experience, you know, I've come to realize that those who excel at, at investing in commercial real estate understand there is a whole lot more to it than just crunching the numbers. Uh, yes, you need to have a firm grasp of how you value real estate but, and, and how you leverage it, and et cetera. But um, commercial real estate investing is, is much more than that. And I've come to realize that most successful real estate investors I've had the privilege to have as clients uh, develop a, a subjective, uh, almost intuitive feel about a property. They, they don't look at the potential acquisition as it is at the moment. Rather, it's all about creating a vision for the property if it were renovated and managed correctly. And it's also about understanding market trends, perceiving how a neighborhood is trending, uh, developing an awareness of where we are on the real estate market cycle, to name just a few factors worth knowing. Uh, and these parameters are far more subjective than objective in scope. And that is why I titled the book, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing. It truly is more of an art than it is a science. Yeah, you touched on the market cycle too, because also that, yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> you're caught, that, that comes from every person's ex, uh, experience, right, of where they think we are currently in this market cycle, and then obviously impacting the decisions that, that they make. So, not, as, not, as, not purely scientific. Obviously, there's data that you can, that you can use to support it. Um, but staying on that, where, where do you think, I know it's broad uh, overall, but where do you think we are currently in this, this market cycle? Well, I can't speak for the, the market in general as far as throughout the U.S., but within the Pacific Northwest, I'm confident that the market peaked about a year or so ago, and we are now on the, the downward uh, cycle where we are in the um, hyper supply phase where we're beginning to see more product coming online, the uh, um, the rent increases that were a double digit rent increases that we've experienced over the last three or four years are now beginning to moderate into more like three or 4% increases in rents. And I think we're going to see in the, in the months ahead, a real slowdown in the market. So I think the, the good, you know, the, the good times have uh, been here. It's been great to be in it. And I think we're going to see a, a, a gradual but uh, uh, significant slowdown in the market. Doug, you talk about the six immutable laws of real estate investing. Can you share those with my listeners? Absolutely. The six laws, and this really, um, I, re I was able to uh, read a book a while back that I was really meant for investing in the stock market. And I looked at the book and I said, you know, 
a lot of these laws are really very much, um, uh, uh, you know, could be attributed also to investing in commercial real estate. So the six that I have, I'll try to be as, as quick as I can on that. The first one is always insist on a margin of safety. Uh, and in other words, the goal is to buy commercial real estate that is underperforming the market so that with a change of ownership, uh, you've bought the property well below market value. And we can do that. You know, um, we can have a, a margin of safety where if you were to buy a stock, you're buying a stock at market. You, there's no way of, of buying it at a bargain price. But you should always insist on a margin of safety, safety as the, the first rule. The second one is this time is never different. You know, the four most dangerous words in investing is this time is different. And whenever, uh, whenever someone starts saying this time is different, get out of the market as quickly as possible. Um, number three is be patient and wait for the fat pitch. And it's a, it's a baseball analogy. Uh, you know, a pitcher on the, uh, behind on the count needs to get the next pitch over the plate. We just finished the World Series, so it's kind of appropriate right now. He's, he knows that uh, the pitcher knows that uh, more in, uh, that he needs to do this. And more importantly, the batter knows that he needs to get it over the plate. And a good batter waits for the fat pitch. In commercial real estate, the wise investor waits patiently for those investments that have the potential for being home runs. So that's the, the third um, immutable law. The, the fourth one is be contrarian. Humans are prone to the herd instinct. You know, when everyone else is buying, they buy. When everyone else is selling, they sell. And the, the real um, importance here is that you should try to not follow the herd and you'll likely do much better than most investors. Number five is um, be leery of leverage. Here I am, a, a mortgage broker, and I'm telling you to be leery of leverage, but don't over leverage your properties. Those who, who do have a higher probability of losing their properties when the market turns. And as I said, I think the market is just beginning to turn. And um, it would be in everybody's, it would be in the investor's best interest to not over leverage a property. The final one is, uh, never invest in something you don't understand. If you don't understand the investment, then don't you shouldn't be investing in it. And that's very true for commercial real estate. Yeah, the, uh, don't uh, invest in anything that you don't understand, whether it be the market, the asset clause, all of that kind of stuff. Um, you've spoken about calculations. That's a must-know uh, for uh, real estate investors and calculations that they can use within uh, their real estate business and, and looking for opportunities. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on that? Yes, um, I go about it. Um, I give a, a pretty uh, uh, extensive uh, explanation in the book, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Invents, uh, Investing. And um, to be knowledgeable uh, as a real estate investor requires, you really do have to have a solid grasp of the numbers. And there are at least six different types of calculations an investor needs to fully understand. And commonly, I find that, you know, surprisingly, that investors are very knowledgeable in maybe two or, or more categories, but rarely all six. And those, those six um, MC are, how is commercial real estate valued? It's a real simple question, but how is it valued? And it has to do with capitalization rates. Uh, two, how do you determine the loan amount based on the lender's underwriting parameters? 
I find that most investors don't understand that there are there are seven generally seven rules of thumb that lenders use for underwriting purposes, and you need to understand what those um, those criteria are because that will determine your loan amount. It won't be it won't be what the uh, listing broker says that you can get on the property. It's what the 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 lender says you can get, and so you need to understand those rules of thumb. The third one is. How do you calculate a property's cash on cash return? In my opinion, that is critical to understanding whether you want to buy a property or not. And then fourthly is how does leverage impact a property's cash on cash return? And something that's been happening just in the last year, which is incredibly important, and uh, it has to do with positive versus negative leverage. And ever since um, the, the end of the, the, the Great Recession, we have been in a positive uh, a leverage type of situation, positive leverage being that for every dollar of debt you add, um, it improves your cash on cash return. Well, that's been true up until recently, probably about a year ago, that flipped. And now, because interest rates have risen and, and cap rates have remained low, we're now in a leg- negative leverage uh, situation. So, for every dollar you add to, uh, uh, added more in debt and leverage the property, the worse your cash on cash return. So, you need to understand uh, how leverage impacts your property's cash on cash return. Number five is how does loan amortization impact your investments? And there are there are three, you know. Uh, basic types of amortization. There's the um, interest only. Uh, there is then a, a 3360, which is the traditional way that uh, loans are uh, amortized. And then in the last 20 years, there's a new one, which is an actual uh, divided by 360. So it's a uh, where you're getting uh, five, uh, five more days of interest each year, uh, which affects uh, how your loan is amortized down. And then number six is what uh, minimum financial requirements do lenders require of borrowers in order for them to be approved for a loan? And the thing I found is that there are some basic criteria that uh, the lenders do look at, and most borrowers are kind of unaware of what those parameters are. So in the book, I give the reader a short a uh, 10-question quiz to find out how knowledgeable they are, uh, MC, on these six different types of, of real estate calculations. And this uh, gives the reader a good understanding of what they, where they stack up compared to their peers. And for those that uh, where their, their answers are wrong, I explain in detail how these commercial real estate formulas are calculated. And what I've found is the average person who takes the quiz uh, gets a uh, four correct, four out of 10. And of uh, the, the hundreds that have taken it, um, I've only known two people that have gotten 10 out of 10. So uh, there's a lot of um, misunderstanding or lack of knowledge of these real estate calculations. Uh, so it's, it's an important part of the book. You're listening to Doug Marshall on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic 
market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. You're listening to Doug Marshall on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and I'm back to our interview. Very, very interesting. Now, uh, coming at it from, um, yeah, a, 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 uh, uh, well, a commercial mortgage broker uh, kind of uh, background, what are you currently seeing uh, in that environment? What, what's uh, things that, that are happening and things that uh, would be of interest of our, of our listeners um, that's operating in this, this space? Well, the good news, there's good news and bad news. The good news is, is that um, lenders are still uh, out there trying to lend. There hasn't been any, any slowdown from the standpoint of uh, the lending community. They uh, have, uh, each year you can tell that some have uh, in- increased their quotas from the previous year, and, and that's what they did uh, this year. So they're, they're trying to be as aggressive as possible. But the bad news is, is that uh, interest rates have gone up and they've gone up significantly. They probably, you know, I, I should really know this, but I, uh, it's probably gone up a, a full point in the last year uh, to 18 months. And that's having a significant impact, not only on uh, how much uh, debt you can put on the property, because now you're being constrained not by loan to value, but by the, uh, by the debt service coverage ratio generally. And it also affects, obviously, the cash on cash return. The higher the interest rate, uh, the, the, uh, the higher the loan payment, and the lower your, um, debt, uh, your, your um, cash flow after debt service is going to be. So what's happening now is that we are in a market where um, sellers are still keeping their cap rates low, even though the return that that uh, – um, investor could could get on their property has changed because interest rates have gone up. And we're kind of in a disconnect situation. Uh, at some point, that will change. some point, the, the buyers are going to say, time out, I'm not buying your property at this value because I can't get a, a, a decent return on my investment. But at this point, that hasn't happened. And I'm, I'm just wondering when that will happen. It, it, you know, I think if rates were to go up, maybe another quarter point or a half a point that uh, there would be a pause in the market. That's what I'm, I'm, you know, I would, I would think that would be the response, but um, you know, it's kind of hard to say. How would um, listeners that are looking at uh, getting financing, how would they go about still getting the uh, base possible loan for the property that they're trying to acquire? Well, there are a number of different ways to do that. Uh, I'm uh, t- to get the best possible financing for your property. I'm biased. I, you know, there's only a few ways that you can go about getting that, and you can either, I mean, you can either go back to your existing lender that you already have a relationship with. You can search the mortgage market on your own, or you can use the services of a commercial mortgage broker. And I'm biased. I would be the first one to tell you that the the best possible way to get uh, get the most aggressive um, and positive uh, real estate uh, uh, loan is to to hire yourself a commercial mortgage broker. He knows the lending sources out there, 
and uh, you don't. And he knows who's lending on your property type and you don't. And so I would tell you the, the first step is to find a, a knowledgeable commercial mortgage, mor- mortgage broker in your particular uh, area. Um, somebody that knows uh, your, uh, you know, your neighborhood, your, your state uh, very well. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned, uh, Doug? Because obviously, uh, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> it's a journey, right? There's things that you learn along the way, and obviously, there's mistakes that you make and learning from them. What are some of have been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned uh, for newer listeners that are, are that are planning on stepping into commercial real estate investing? Well, um, that's that's always a fun question to ask or to answer, but. Uh, I want to let you MC on a, on a little bit of a secret. Not every commercial real estate property that I've invested in over the last 11 years has been a home run. Uh, you know, now that I've got that confession off my chest, maybe some of you can relate. But in the summer of 2007, uh, which turned out to be the absolute peak of the last real estate cycle, I, along with a, a like-minded group of investors, purchased a 32-unit apartment located in a small town. You know, and, and MC at the time, it, it, it seemed like a, a really good investment. It had large unit sizes. They were, it was a one-story buildings. It was located in a nice, quiet little town. And it had the potential down the road to be converted to condominiums. At least that's what we were thinking. And I, I was saying to myself, hey, what could go wrong? Well, it turned out a lot of things could go wrong, and most of which no one could have predicted, not even the most knowledgeable of real estate investors. Uh, To my great relief, we sold this property a few years ago, and and we didn't take a a really bad hit. We actually made a a slight profit on the the sale. It was a ended up with a 7% internal rate of return. But in comparison to where the stock market was during that period of time, we, we didn't do as well as the stock market. So, but there were, there were four lessons that I learned uh, from owning this property. Uh, one is market timing is everything. You know, you make your money on the investment when you purchase it, not when you sell it, is very true. And, and we just paid too much for this property. We bought it right at the peak of the market and if we had bought the same property a year or two earlier at the price, you know, that would have been associated with a year or two earlier, the property probably would have done quite well. But, but, but because we bought it when we bought it, uh, it never really had a chance. And then the second uh, lesson I learned on that is there's a reason why properties in small markets have higher cap rates. You know, when the economy went bust in 2008, uh, unemployment soared, vacancy rates rose, and rents flattened. In some cases, they actually declined because of concessions. And as bad as that was in uh, the metropolitan areas, it was far worse in the small towns. Uh, so when the market, uh, uh, real estate market finally did turn, uh, it turned in the large cities about a year or two earlier before the, the, the small towns. And so it took another year or two of um, working through uh, the um, the sour economy to to get the uh, real estate market to return to where it was prior to the recession, so I, I learned that yeah, there's a reason why small markets have higher cap rates, and that the third thing I learned is you never underestimate the, the the cost of deferred maintenance. We thought we had a pretty good war chest put together for capital improvements. 
but in reality, we weren't even close. And I'm sure that when we sold the property, uh, that the buyer was thinking that all he had to do is to make this property perform was to tackle some of the deferred maintenance. And yet we'd already put a ton of money into it. So the third thing was never underestimate the cost of deferred maintenance. And then finally, and this is a very important lesson to learn is that uh, you have to pay close attention to your on-site manager. You know, the old adage, you get what you inspect, not what you expect is very true. And during the eight years we owned the apartment, we had three different on-site managers and we had to fire the first two. Each, each started out well managing the property, but over time, you know, their performance was highly correlated to how well we monitored them. And because they're out in the, the hinterlands, we didn't go out there very often. And so uh, once uh, we began to trust them, uh, the property's performance began to slowly go downhill. And so I learned the lesson that you really have to stay on top of your on-site managers uh, if you want your property to perform well. So those are four lessons that I learned uh, on um, purchasing this one property that uh, never, never really performed well. Yeah, management is such an important part of any investment. Um, what framework or criteria would you put together for someone if they're looking to hire an on-site property manager? What are some of the things that you've looked at? Well, first of all, I think that I, uh, you, you obviously need to look at their, their experience. And many times people don't understand the importance of the on-site manager. They kind of see it as an afterthought. And they, they got to learn to realize that uh, your, your on-site manager can either make or break you. It really can. And so uh, never uh, hire somebody that has never done the business before. Uh, uh, hire somebody that has a track record and that you can actually ask them how they've done in the past. But what I would also say is, in my opinion, it is worth uh, paying them a bit more, especially if you have a really good on-site manager. I would pay that on-site manager 120% of whatever the, the market is for, uh, for um, a manager because they are really uh, in- incredibly important to the success or failure of your, of your property. So I would definitely make sure that you pay them uh, more than the market so you can keep them and get the best quality um, uh, property managers or on-site managers as you can. Absolutely. Doug, where can my listeners uh, learn more about you and where can they grab a copy of your book, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing? Well, they can go to my website, which is marshallcf.com. And if they want to, they can go to the landing page uh, for the book. So it's marshallcf.com forward slash uh, book forward slash. I know that's probably hard for people to understand, but there's a, there's, a web, there's a landing page on my website. And if they wanted to check out the book, um, they could, um, there's a, a, a button there for if they press the button, they get a, a free copy of the uh, introduction uh, and the first two chapters of the book, so they can get uh, their own, uh, you know, assessment of it before they have to purchase it. And then, the book itself is right now being sold um, on uh, six different online bookstores, including Amazon, 
and Barnes and Noble and Powell's, uh, to name a few, and then go to one of those uh, those uh, online bookstores to get a, a copy of the book. It, it launches officially December eighteenth, and um, uh, but the the uh, you can pre-order the book uh, at this time. Fantastic. I highly recommend it uh, and especially check out uh, the six commercial real estate calculations, those formulas that would really assist you in evaluating properties and making sure that you're going to make your money on the buy, right? And, and be successful. Doug, any parting uh, uh, words, any, any uh, takeaways that you want to leave my audience with? Yes. Um, I, and there is, I, I guess the point I'd like to make for sure is that uh, there is real wealth to be created in owning commercial real estate. You know, it's not a myth. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It actually works. And um, I would cite myself as an example. I've only been in it for now, uh, investing uh, for 11 years. But prior to that, I had no passive uh, sources of income from my real estate investment. And today, I have seven. And every time I add a new source of passive income, I I'm that much closer to financial freedom. And by financial freedom, I mean your passive income uh, exceeds your personal expenses. And when that happens consistently, then, I, you know, then you're on that, that path to financial freedom. And I believe, I strongly believe that the, my book can help you get you there. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing uh, your journey and uh, knowledge with my listeners. And as always, providing so much value. A blast to have you on again, Doug. Well, thank you, MC. I uh, greatly appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you again and to hopefully uh, we can do it again sometime. MC Lampshire, the creator and host of The Cashflow Ninja and president of Producers Wealth. And I'm on a mission to help you achieve economic and financial freedom as quickly as possible. I achieve this by integrating the infinite banking concept with real estate investments to increase your efficiency and returns and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware of that you're losing. I share the number one strategy for investors in my holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text cashflowninja to 44222. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.